What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Finite Life Podcast. Today we have Manakikahuna from Ta'aroa Nui in Maui Nei. Today is a very special episode because we talk a lot about the dance world. A lot of us are dancers. We talk about the older generation and how they approach shows and how we approach shows, the Tavana shows, you know, the way things are now with competition and everything. We kind of get into the nitty-gritty of that. So if you're a hardcore dancer, this is for the hardcore dancers, the hardcore drummers out there. This episode is for you all. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. We go. Everything is all good with this pandemic going on. <laughs> hey, man, we're... I'm so glad to have you on. I actually wanted you on like since the beginning of this podcast, and like, man, thank you for uh, for really uh, spending some time with us and taking some time out of your schedule to uh, to talk to the podcast. No, anytime, my man, anytime. Well, that was so. So, I, I just wanted to ask you know the first question I want to ask you is how how did you get into drumming and how did you get into this whole crazy industry of what is called Polynesian entertainment and, and drumming. Like, how did you start? Mm-hmm. And, you know, did you come from a family that was also entertainers as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you like go back, um, just for myself, I've been entertaining since 93. Um, believe it or not, I'm very young. I'm going to be 30. So I was oh, actually, I was actually born into the, the realm of entertainment, you know, um, my grandmother who is still alive, she's been performing since the fifties, um, traveled the world, um, Canada, Australia, Fiji, Samoa, I mean, all over the world. And, um, she started doing regular, um, bar singing, um, kachi kachi music, um, Mm -hmm. real, I don't know how you would call it back in those days. And, when she started getting kids with my mom, my uncle guys, cause she had seven kids total. Um, she got more into the entertainment realm of performing arts, um, hula awanas to, to Maori, um, Siva Afi. And she, oh, her name is Kamalu. Mm-hmm. She is, um, not because I'm her grandson. She was the one for here on Maui to bring, a lot of the masters here on the island, like example, Uncle Malala. Um, Uncle Malala, McMoore, yeah. Uh, yes, and then Papa Tavana himself. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so much. Um, let me see, Uncle Ifiso. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, my mom learned from also Mika El, um, Mika Finotti, who passed away years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there was so much. So my grandmother was one of the the main ones to bring a lot of them here. And my parents or my mom and my, uh, my uncles got privileged to learn from them um, throughout the Polynesian entertainment, you know. And mm-hmm. oh, speaking of Uncle Atu as well for Fiji, Atu Naisa. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, when I was born in 91, I had no choice but to jump online. Um, of wow. course, I learned my Hawaiiana section, Kahiko, Awana, and such like that. And... I would say my first drum, hmm, maybe I was three years old, four years old, around mm-hmm. that time. And it was uh, the Samoan bass drum made out of, out of the tin can, the big one with the vinyl. Uh, yeah. You see that for Tonga and PCC. So those were mm-hmm. the pahu drums that we used to use back in those days. 
And wow. the Fatete, what everybody knows that the Fatete was the tom-tom from a drum set with the duct tape in oh. the middle, you know? Wow. Um, so been there, done that old school. And whew, yeah, I, more than 25 years just for me. Um, <clears throat> me drumming lead with the Tariparao and the Toere. Whew, I would say I got that down. I was maybe seven, eight years old. I could actually... Play lead, pahai, basic toma, no oro oro yet. Because um, here on Maui, we had no idea what oro oro was or what tamao, tahape, aratai, what any of those styles were until mm-hmm. maybe I would say 99, 98. Um, mm-hmm. But at that time, my cousin Dino Septimo's pupu ori here on Maui, they were, they were number one and they're still number one. Um, but they were to themselves. They didn't share much. And we, well, for myself, I entered this realm in a time where if you're with this group, you're not going to know anything. Or you jump for this person, you're not part of us kind of deal. Yeah. We wasn't there to share. So it was very limited. And um, I mean, we had the connections after competitions, if I make sense. But mm-hmm. This whole Hava section back in the 90s, it was really hush-hush. Um, it's who you know, not what you know at that time. Yeah. And only, of course, you had YouTube, MySpace, Facebook, and slowly everyone started opening up. Um, I got the Oro Oro, maybe I was 13 at that time. Yeah. And I started learning my parts. Um, of course, from I'm not sure if you know who is Kipi Higa. He sh- oh, Kipi, yeah. Yeah, brother Kipi. So he was one of my, my good friends. And I, I will call him my mentors in uh, drumming. Um, mm. One of my drummers, Guillermo Evangelista. Um, who else? Oh, there's, there's not too much here on Maui. Um, but once we got, I think it was 2004, is when we actually got to hear what Oro Oro was. Um, with the rhythms, with the connections, the clicking of the toere was when my cousin yeah. from Honolulu came here on Maui, Hereta Manui. And yeah. after that, honestly, nobody wanted to compete because we had no idea what that was. You know, yeah. It was like, wow, what, what was that? Can, can we learn that? You know, but not knowing it was all related. You know, so then from there, 2003, 2004, um, it, it just died from there for Maui. Um, there's not much drummers left, even without this pandemic. There's not much. There's not much groups left. Even right now, there's only two, uh, myself and uh, Tita Tereva Jacobson, um, that is actually active. Um, but all in all, it's, it's a learning process. So I would say at 26, 27 years, I was in this game of entertainment, technically. Yeah. And I love that. And I think I, I love that you mentioned a lot of people that I look up to mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of people like that. Oh, yeah. Or, or like like that nowadays. It's just like I feel like the old style is really getting lost. Like like what you said, like the whole um, playing the lead with the bow and the toilet at the same time. I feel like that's such been, that's been like a luau thing mm-hmm. for a long time. And like I love how you mentioned the people that you look up to, like E.B. So'o and stuff. Like those are people that I looked up to watching on the videos and things. So, you know, do you remember your, your very first show that you're a part of 
or your very first like drumming ensemble where you're actually learning Odo Odo and what did you feel about learning this new technique that people were using? Okay. Know? Okay. Well, other than Polynesian Review, um, so my first show was in 95 at uh, Kanapali Beach Hotel. It's a hotel here on Maui Lahaina. Um, singly under Ta'oranui because we made 10 years this year. Um, wow. 20. Um, singly, my first or Ta'oranui's first Heiva competition was in Kona two years ago. Um, we took third place. Um, Yaora Otaitinui took first and uh, Te Mo'ohi took second. Um, technically, when we competed that year, we kept it very simple. There was Oro Oro here and there, but a lot of my boys, they were under 18. They never touched a drum in their life. Um, so it was fresh off the boat. You know, the expectations was high. You know, of course, Tiana was there. She knew who I was. Um, boy, Temanaha and um, Auntie Kat them. So the expectation was high, yet alone. They did not know who I was bringing. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, for me to teach um, at that time, those boys, Oro Oro, or modern style of drumming, it, it, was, it was good, but yet it kind of hurt because I, I strayed away from traditional, from the Taito style, which I love, which I push for. Um, not too much machine gun action or however yeah. everybody's saying, um, the running, um, so just for that competition alone, we just went out with what we had. Um, we just did a recent one for San Francisco, um, Hava. That's the first uh, drumming virtual, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. first, pla- uh, first place in the Grand Orchestra. Um, that competition, believe it or not, we played all seven parts. Muaro Komuri, Aratai, Tamao, Tahape, and Fa'io Faro. That time, believe it or not, with that, whole orchestra those beats is actually taken from a lot of the groups that pretty much i i was inspired with you had um pehe from nonazina hekura nui um ahutoru nui um i'm not too sure if you know this group um she was madeline mawa she ran heiva itself um mm-hmm. hey uh tevai ura nui yeah. And mm-hmm. so I would say there was eight groups that kind of inspired that whole drumming segment. None of that pehe was created by me. It was just pieced together from you know heivas and whatnot, and we just put it all into one. And mm-hmm. we took first place. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh man! I'm like wow, interesting. And I love that. I love that you mixed all those styles because I feel like, well, I'm I'm not saying that I am good at Asian drumming like I'm whatever oh you love so <laughs> I'm like I'm like fire knife dancer like till I die but I love and admire Asian drumming and I feel like not a lot of drummers especially my generation like the younger kids mm-hmm. like they always want to go for the sounds cool the bullet you mm-hmm. know like the the hip hop right yeah 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 right just straight just straight but for me i love the cuts mm-hmm. as a dancer i feel the mana more right. with cuts and and stuff like that i feel like people don't really uh do that anymore you know exactly it's just like saying example if you have if he's so next to you and you tell him to spin and you have i'm not too sure who's the champion right now 
spin next to mm-hmm. him, you would know the different time frames. Who is old school or in that realm, I should say, and you have the modern. Mm-hmm. Now we have to understand. I mean, again, I'm not the best in the world. I I, I will never be. Um, I'm just a student like me and you. Um, my manao or my knowledge throughout this drumming is we or for me as a teacher, I cannot guarantee this is the actual traditional of this pehe or this beat because I was not there yeah. when it was created. You see what I mean? We got to understand mm-hmm. that throughout the time, it changes. Everyone puts their input and try to flare it up a little bit. And that's okay. You know, everything modernizes. Just like Siva Afi, same thing. Um, I remember just for the Siva Afi itself, I didn't remember throwing the knife 20 feet in the air, you know, all these <laughs> twirling backflip stuff. I did not remember that, you know. So mm-hmm. seeing the changes, even for drumming, it's like, wow. It really emerged. It really evolved through time. Yeah. And it, it's okay. You know, because that gives a next lesson to be taught. You know, but again, we have to go back and remember, like I listened to Olin's podcast not too long ago. We have to remember that if we're drumming for a dancer or dancers, we're drumming for yeah. them. We're not drumming for us to sound good. There's no matter what, the drum's always going to sound good. But we need to understand that it's for the dancers too. Without the drummers, dancers not going to dance, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you cannot do the sivo without the cracker can. Same smell. No, for real. Mm-hmm. It's just I feel like that's I, I love that because I feel like people are really forgetting that like all these uh, drums they have an identity and the beats have identity and and I love that there is that section of the. Like the Hava too, like even in Tahiti too, there will be this extravagant beats, extravagant hotel, extravagant aparimo, but then they are like, okay, these drums, I don't even, what is it called again? Oh my gosh, that's how you know. <laughs> so they just do, they just do the basic beats, pahe, like wewe, all that mm-hmm. there, and it just kind of connects it all back, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> to the best of their knowledge, you know what I mean? Because who are we to say that is the original style? I don't think anybody was alive now when it was created. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I play Pahai in Muri, or what whatnot, was that mm-hmm. the actual Pahai, really? You sure? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it's what we was taught or what, what we think it could have been versus what it actually is. You know, yeah. so when anybody asks me, example, oh, you know the traditional pehe for tariaria or something, like I know this tariaria, this is the most oldest that I know, the most big. That's that's the thing. You gotta think traditional, whichever pehe is the most simplest way to play it. So if you play pahai, your strongest hand is the right hand usually. Try play pahai on your left hand. I would rather mm-hmm. listen to it on your left hand because makes you think that's what it actually is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the simplest form of the pehe is what I think. I'm like getting mind blown because that's exactly <laughs> like that. That is something I never think about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. So like with who, who are drummers that you, that you really looked up to growing up or even now that, you really admire or like what do you pull inspiration from when you're creating or when you're teaching 
what or like when you're creating competition pieces or like just symphonies like what what is what are things you're inspired by and how what is your creative process well in creating no matter stuff? what with, with drumming alone i gotta give thanks to of course my mom um she was the one that actually pushed me more into the double hand the cook island style uh yes i i believe it or not this is just a spoiler next competition i will bring out cook island drumming um bring it out i'll bring it out definitely um for the one hand um the whip the scrambling of the eggs is what i call it um i look <laughs> to my cousin dino she actually showed me more strategic ways of it um i better understood the muro pumuri from my cousin dustin aricayos cabanella and guillermo evangelista that was the two that actually broke it down for me a little bit more. Because at that time, I thought I was the S-H-I-T. You know, I thought I knew it all. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, I can play this, da, da, da. I'm fast, blah, blah, blah. But to break it down would be them. Um, for me to actually um, hold the oro oro, to just run it straight, would be my cousins of the Rimento family. They really wouldn't help me um, really hold they. They didn't broke my okole, really. Is I've, if I don't get it, you don't belong on the toere, you know? Um, it's, it's more of a mind over matter. With me creating pieces, whether it's competitions or shows, believe it or not, everything is just a reminder. So if I were to watch, example, Popeye the Sailor Man on TV, and I hear the music in the background, I tell myself, hey, that sounds like this, Pehe. You know what? Let me write this down. And as the days go by, you know, I listen to the ocean or the, the engine of my truck. And it, it reminds me of, hey, this sounds just like this. Sounds like a, a portable or something. So that's how I create things. And I try it at home. Then I call my brother, Makana. He's the king of ropu, you know, believe it or not. Mm. I call him up, bro, let's try this. Does this sound good? Click with me. Let's try open hits a little bit. It sounds good. Okay, let's try this. Um, the hardest thing for me, once everything fits that I think so, is when I gather all the drummers because I have about 22 drummers total, you know. And just to, just to command each piece, that's the hardest because you want to make sure it clicks. You want to make sure it sounds evenly, not the fatete higher than, you know, everything else. And one tari parao is way more louder than one tupai and, and so on and so forth. So once I have my pala pala, my paperwork together, this is the beats I want. Let's try it out. The hardest thing for me is to, okay, you need to play tamao. You need to play mui, uh, mua, and so on and so forth. And believe it or not, I know you know much as I do, they have scoldings, they have whips, you know. I'm stricken uh-huh. that way, you know. But what comes to it is we have to do it what, it's actually supposed to be. Not take it out of the box. Don't take it over extravagant, you know, because that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear exactly how Tahiti plays it or Rorotonga or Kukale, you know? Yeah. Um, keep it as simple as possible, clean as can be, but yet powerful from beginning to end. There's no if, what's, or buts. Mm-hmm. And the award will come out whether you win or lose. Because me, I'm not about winning or losing. I was surprised we won first place. But none of that really matters. What matters to me, because of this pandemic, you know, if we didn't continue the group, there would no longer be Tahiti. 
here on Maui. You know, nobody doing it. And there's no resources anymore. So it's like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it for the right reasons, you know? Yeah. Totally. I, I totally understand that because I feel like this... I mean, I, I love that you want to really take it back to what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that you incorporating Cook Island drumming is amazing because I love the old school Tahitian drumming. Like if you watch those Hava videos, I think we always talk about this when it comes to drumming is that mm-hmm. you see those, you see the double player playing with the Tahitian like drummers in the back. I don't know why, how that got lost. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, like if you were orchestrating something, would you still keep that in the double? Oh, definitely. Even... Definitely. But we got to understand if you're talking about the lolly or the double, like in the center, listen to it very mm-hmm. carefully. It's not what the fatete is playing. It's it's basically yeah. just for that drum alone. You're commanding. That's the main drum of it all. Once you add that, but every hit or every section means something. Whether whether we understand it or not, you know. Little do everybody know, there's something in it that commands the whole orchestra. It's hard to understand because you, you have to play it yourself. So, yeah. <clears throat> to have that in the in your group, man, that is something to hear. And that's the only drum I would hear. If a group from Tahiti or anywhere in the world, if I had that one drummer playing that and 20 other tuerez or whatnot, I'd rather hear that drum, to be honest. Because to play yeah. that drum, whew, it's hard. It's freaking hard. Yeah, I feel like that the endurance of that and having to make it sound clean because I feel like for me playing Pakete, sometimes I'll play so rough that I hit my sticks together. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't you can't crash sticks with Takiruo because like if you do, then that will be heard throughout the whole. Thing. Definitely. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, that's how you know I love drumming. Like yeah, I'm a fire dancer at heart and stuff, but. I love drumming and like for you, uh, somebody asked this on the comment section that uh, that asked this on uh, one of my Instagram pages because they're like, oh, you always talk about Cook Island and Jason drumming. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. But like other than they use two sticks and Jason's use one stick. Mm-hmm. Well, like I feel like there's so much more difference. Mm-hmm. Than that. Well, it, it's more to me, honestly, Cook Island is more military. It's 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 more fun, active. It's more, it's confusing, believe it or not. Because when we first hear Cook Island drumming, it's like, what in the world is this? You know, and mm-hmm. it sounds like the Tuerez is all playing the exact same beat, or yeah. bass drum is playing just boom, boom, boom. But no, it's it's. How can I explain this? It's like when you hear, mm-hmm. um, no, no, see the drum for the first time. You know, you had no idea what drumming is. Like, oh, wow, that is cool. You know, till today, Cook Island, if, for me, it feels that way. It's like, oh, wow, how they did this? Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Because even me just yeah. playing the two hand, I do copy. It's, it's hard. To me, it's harder to learn that style than Tahitian drumming. You know, because again, mm-hmm. Cook Island, there's not too much resources. Like here in Hawaii, there's not too much people that play Cook Island. Um, there's only maybe two or three um, other than myself. Um, now, with 
um, the difference between Tahiti and Rorotonga and or Cook Island, it's almost the same. But um, to me, Tahiti adapted the or adopted the toere and made it the one hand, you know. And they they had their flares, but now with Cook Island is it's more of a celebration, like a heavy now in Tahiti or a power. Yeah. Tahiti made it to yeah. a, a how can I say it? Like a one one Heidi Mua thing, like one whole theater. Oh, it's hard to explain, really. Is in and out, you know, military in, military out. Versus that yeah. is just wow, what the hell? Like a question mark. <laughs> today, you know? No, I feel. And you know what I love about Cook Island drumming that I feel like Tahitian drumming lacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just my opinion. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I miss the chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I miss the chance. Like, I know Pawo Hivi now is a chance. Mm-hmm. But like in the middle of a of a tension or tail or whatever a beat, besides Manu, mm-hmm. like I love that you hear the Kukai people still chanting and drumming. It feels more like it feels more loosey goosey. Loosey goosey, yes, yes, yeah. definitely. It just comes with it. That's why you notice when Cook Islands dance, it's so it's not perfect. You know, it's not hands look the same or just like in Hawaiian if for for hula or kahiko. We got to make sure every leaf is perfect. Your hands is exactly 45 degree angle, the whole 10 yards, you know. Cook Island is just like, wee-hee, woo-hoo, I guess. You know, so Tahiti <laughs> is right in between. Hawaiian, uh, Hawaiiana and Cook Island, I think, to be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. What's a Polynesian, like, dance or or island that you... I have a passion for other than, you know, like Jason drumming um, and, and, and like Jason culture. Right. Well, other than my Coco Hawaiian, I really love Wero, Maori. Um, oh, yeah. I was well known for that, the Wero. Um, I still have my um, Tayaha from another master. He passed away years ago. Um, yeah, I was well known for my Wero and my um, Karanga. Um, I don't do that anymore. Of course, I got older. There's not much people that do hakas here anymore other than kahuku. Um, but yes, the wero or Maori, uh, the waiata hakas, to the poe. And, you know, for for me, I got that that love and passion just more or less for the Maori because my mom is the only one-legged poe ball dancer in the world. You know, she... Really? Yes. She is a master fire poe ball. Um she was one of the creators of the five poi balls. Really? Yes, sir. Whoa. Um, so That's amazing. From her, she is the biggest inspiration for me and many others. I mean, she don't flaunt it. I don't flaunt it. Um, she's been doing this for so many years. Just here on Maui, she's one of the two first female fire knife dancers here on Maui. And yet alone, she only has one leg. Um. So pretty much what I can do, she can do better, believe it or not. You give her a taidi or a stick, huh, shoot, good luck keeping up with her. <laughs> you know, she can still do it. Um, but yeah, the Maori or uh, New Zealand, that's one of my top three uh, cultures that I love to portray will be, of course, Tahiti Nui, Hawaiiana, and Maori. Mm-hmm. That's my top three. 
and then after oh, my top three will be Samoa, the Siva Afi, the Taolunga, and stuff like that. Definitely. I love that, mm-hmm. man. So, so I wanted to get back to your, to your, to your group, Ta'aronui. Like, what was the inspiration of starting a group? You know, and uh, really getting that. I, I feel like that's how we keep culture alive. Is really bringing out these groups. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I want to start a group one day. You know, and I've, I've said that on every podcast. Like that is my 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 dream. And to really talk to people who don't own groups. Like, what is the challenges of of keeping it going? Like, what keeps you motivated? And what made you start it? Right. Um. Well, for Tarun, we again we started in two thousand and ten. Um, the year after I graduated from high school. And basically, um, again, my mom had her halal Polynesian review, and I took over the um, Tahitian segment. And I, ha- I had a few classmates in high school, you know, who um, smoked cigarette with us, you know. Let's, let's play sticks, you know, let's, let's dance a little bit. Okay. Then slowly we, we ended up practicing at a park or whatnot, and things got more serious. And... Um, at that time, I had, I, I want to say, six drummers and maybe 15 dancers, male and female. You know, nothing big, nothing competition ready. It was just impromptu. And um, <clears throat> after that, we started to see progress. People started coming, listening to the drums. Like, oh, wow, it's, it's getting somewhere. And in 2010, um, for the Heiva Imaui competition, I finally got to meet Papa Jera Tepehu. Um, he came with his family for help out my cousin um, Dino Septimo's group, Tavanui, at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And they competed. And <clears throat> when they was practicing the night before, um, Papa Gerard noticed my tatao on top of my arm. Um, he said, boy, come, you sit by me. Like, oh, that's Papa Gerard. Oh, my God, I seen him on YouTube. You know? I'm like, wow, okay, I'll yeah. sit with you. What am I going to say? So I sat with him. He didn't say a word. While the drums was going, the aparimas was going, and slowly he he tapped my leg like, "Boy, is that your name, Kanaloa? Because I have Kanaloa on my arm." Like, yes, Papa, that's one of my middle names. Uh, my great grandpa is Kanaloa. Like, oh, in Tahiti we call him Taaroa, God of Creation, God of the Ocean. Like, yeah, Papa, same thing here in Hawaii, God of the Deep. Like, you make pupuori, you call him Taaroa Nui, yeah. For me, you, you call him Taronu. And since then, I just carried that name. Um, whether we was big or had stickers on the cars, I just always kept that name for him. And yet alone, not knowing we was related to marriage, you know? I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. through the years since 2010, of course, we had some ups and downs, breaks here and there. Dancers didn't pan out. Drummers didn't want to drum anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it, it was a up and down hill. No, get me wrong. And every group goes through that, you know. Um, I noticed through my time of entertainment, people come together for big shows or competitions. And once it's over, everybody split, you know. And um, we all go through that. Um, just for me... I took a break in 2000 and maybe 17 or 16. And I told myself, man, that's not me. I have to, I, I need to touch a drum. I need to entertain. That's what I was known for. That's who I am. 
you know, other than this auto detailing thing or car building stuff, that's who I was, you know, and I couldn't stop that. And I killed myself. Like, ah, I have to, I have to do something. So of course I called my friends. Um, let's drum together. Let's do something. I'm getting bored. If not, it's a, it's a waste what I learned. And till today we stood strong three, four years going again. Um, finally won a competition. Oh my gosh. And best believe we're coming again the next Ava. We're planning things already. But <clears throat> um, just for you, if you was going to open up a, you know, Pupuori, Halau, or Sivafi group, or Ailao, I should say, um, you should know it, there will be some ups and downs. You know, there will be some hard times, sacrifices, um, doubts. So it, it's, it's all part of the circle, no matter what. Maybe in people's eyes, they don't see it. But behind closed doors is a different story. You know what I mean? And many do not understand mm-hmm. that. You know, it's good yeah. to have the spotlight. But after it's gone, that's it. So it all depends yeah. how you put it into perspective. Yeah, I love that because that's actually what, for me, I've been really battling with is because for me, I love all of it, not just fire knife. Like I know a lot of people expect the fire knife school, which that's, that will happen. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of groups specialize in just one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, how do you differentiate yourself? And like, I'm like, ah, like what happens if I open this thing and like nobody does it? Like, yeah, it's just overcoming those doubts. Mm You know, and just hearing you speak, it's like, yeah, you guys went through it all, but still, ten years later, see the value in what you're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Well, put it this way: let's just say you have that doubt or that second thought or that epiphany in your head. You know, you gotta understand. Like, of course, I didn't meet you yet, but I know your brother. He jumps for me. But the same yeah. thing what I told um, VJ is that we are the next in line. We need to um, continue or to somehow give back to what was given to us, what we was born to do. You know, whether it was Siva Afi, whether it was building houses or whatever it has to be, it is up to us to continue it because if not, it's going to be gone. Because as you notice, there's not much Taijian groups anymore. There's not much fire knife dancers like back in the 50s, 60s, 70s and what have you. You know, so... There is nobody to blame on that end, but we need to understand now who are we to blame? Are we going to continue it or are we just going to let it like whatever, like a new day? You know, because no matter what, we're always going to have friends and families to help us out or mentors or whoever, but it's up to that person, that, that teacher, or yet the student to grasp that because that's all we have left. You know what I mean? That's all we have is um, culture, you know, language, dancing arts, what have you. That's all we have. We don't have all these billionaire buildings and, you know, so that's who we are. Mm -hmm. We got to understand that. Just for Polynesians, I should say, whether you're in Florida, Cali, here in Hawaii, or anywhere around the world, we have to continue what was given to us freely because a lot of us got it naturally that has no blood whatsoever, but yet... The ones that has the blood, it is our duty to continue it. Because that's who we are. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. And, and 
And I think that's why I look up to you because every time I see you speak, you know, it'll be on Facebook Live about what you're passionate about and about the group and just the perpetuation of it all. Mm-hmm. I think that's why. I think that's what keeps me going because during this pandemic, it was hard. We couldn't create, we couldn't entertain, we couldn't do, and people like you and Uncle Roy and Kevin, mm-hmm. you know, all of them going online, going live, being like, "Hey, everybody, send a video of you seconding this." Mm-hmm. Or, or doing your style to this. And I think that's what we need to do. I think that's something that we don't right. do as Polynesian creators. And I uh, sometimes is collaborate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think that's what I try to really accomplish with this podcast is bringing all of the Polynesian dance worlds together fire knife, Tahitian dancing, Maori, like all of that. So we can have a better understanding of mm-hmm. each other. Well, so, so I, I, I well, with that being said, <clears throat> and we all want to collaborate. You know, no matter if you're OG, new G, fresh off the boat, you know, um, <clears throat> it's those who would, how can I put this? Those who would actually kokua, those who would take that extra step would have the right to do it. In other words, <clears throat> at, before even this pandemic, you know, even with this pandemic, everyone shut down, no matter um, if they got sick or they couldn't practice anymore or gather or whatnot. But that should, should have been the test to where what is most important. As long as you know who you are, whoever, whoever you may be, as long as you know what you're able to do and willing to do, hold that because when it's all over, it's time to move. You see what I mean? Um, those who <clears throat> now everyone's getting connected with everybody because of Facebook we could chat with each other, share manao, and stuff like that. But no matter what, behind closed doors, it's like, oh, we're defeated. You know, it's like we can't do anything that we used to do. And that goes for everyone, you know. But what is the next move? That's why I tell, example, my drummers, every practice, and I do not miss this, I face them, even my dancers, I put my hand out. I tell them, you know what, guys, believe it or not, whether you understand what I'm trying to ask you or tell you or not, you're going to take it and leave it or you're just going to let it die. I take my hand out and I tell them, you know, I have everything that you want to know. Are you going to take it from me or are you just going to let it die? And that's what this pandemic is teaching us today is what was so important, what we thought was important, you know, all these um, extracurricular activities, I guess. It was taken so quickly. Now what happened? We don't know what to do. You see what I mean? So now we have to go back into, okay, what is most important? What is the right thing to do? You know, I guarantee masks, that mask covering didn't do much or the, um, the vaccine. I don't, I highly doubt it's going to work, but who are we to say? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the same principle with Polynesian drum, dance, and whatnot. What is most important? What is, what is needed right now? You know? I'm not saying that we'd be doing Zoom and gathering like that. But even that is not enough. There is no fulfillment that is enough that could be how it was back in the day. We need to come back and be grounded. Because now is the time to learn. Yeah. Now is the time to actually sit down and, huh, let me try learn what I just seen on YouTube. 
let me try call this person. What is this? Right now is the perfect time. Not sit around and boast. You know what I mean? And that's when you started this podcast. And, I st- and only now I'm actually listening to all these great masters. Mavina, Tedaboy. It's like, wow. That is so true. So awesome to hear words like those. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I feel like people don't really get to hear the stories of the entertainers. No, not at all. The drummers, the dancers. Yeah. I feel like they, people see us perform and then that's the gist of what right. they know. But they don't get to hear about what you're saying about like the hardships and the and the mindset and the, the, the culture and how much it means mm-hmm. to us. Like it's much more than just competition and going to get mm-hmm. the title. It's it's more of a legacy that you want to leave behind because Polynesians are all Of course, or you do a show and get a paycheck at the end of the week. You know, it's much more than that. You know, but again... Just for the luau segment, I mean, I did it a little while and I got out of it. I, I got bored. For the luau, it's like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. in the back of my head, you know, because I don't want to say I know my stuff or I'm, I'm that great. I'm not high and mighty. But what am I doing? You know, I'm feeding fire. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I do understand I'm supplying for my family. But again, in the cultural aspect, what am I really doing? I look just as retarded yeah. as a dancer with plenty bondo on their face, plenty makeup, you know? Like, no, nah, that's yeah. not me. I got to do it the right way, you know, yeah. culturally. Yeah. And I think that's something that I would love to talk to people about is like the difference between luau and like competition and things like that. I feel like as, as gnarly as competition mm-hmm. is, as has as like crazy as it is i feel like competition is the way to actually see the cultural dance now the way it is now like if you go to luau like it's still kind of stuck in a time period Mm -hmm. well unless you you think about it luau it's you're given a paper and you follow what's on that paper you know what i mean and and that's how it's gonna be which is okay you know but again that's not culture that's not you know, you're going out in the you know, ocean or mountain or whatnot, and you're listening to, you know, Mama Fenua or wherever you are, the actual legit cultural thing. Competition, yes, that's the closest to real thing it is, but competition, you're enhancing it. You see what I'm saying? You're you're perfecting culture where it should be perfected. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's it's the legit yeah. thing, but that's that, like you said, it's the closest thing to actually feeling, understanding what culture is, traditions. That is the closest thing for now, you know, yeah. because you can just walk out your door, um, chant a Oli or play Manu or something that's more traditional to your heart than jumping on stage, to be honest with you, because that's who you are doing it for yeah. yourself, not for the next eye to see, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I love it's, riddles. It's, I'm a riddler too, so. <laughs> I think we've gotten a, so deep on this podcast. <laughs> like, I didn't expect it to be so deep. Oh, I, but it's something people need to hear. You know? Of course. It's 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 the honest truth. For, for This is just for me. You know, I'm not too sure how everybody else feels or 
want to explain, but that's what I learned, or that's what I think it may be. You know, it's common sense. Mm-hmm. Depends how you look at it. We're yeah. the last one standing, so we have to continue what is left. I love what you said earlier about it's we're next yeah. in line. You know, like we've lost so many legends, and that's year. another point. That's lives. another point right there, and all the drummers, all the dancers in the world should understand this. Learn what you can now because Masters is leaving us or who we think is Masters, you know, the OGs and whatnot, they're leaving so quickly. After they're all gone, what do we have left? No one. You see what I'm saying? Because if I were, the example, if I were to ask you, who's the Master of the Siva Afi? Would you know? You see? So it's, it's oh, it's so hard to say. Even if someone asks me who's the master of toere drumming, honestly, I really do not know because there is so much. There is oh, there's so much drummers I can name off the top of my head that's still living that I think is top dogs like Achun, Augustine, um, Carlos. You know all those guys. But what about the guys before them and and before them? You know. So once the guys who is still living now is all gone, you know, knock on wood, what's next? We're the next in line. And we better know our stuff, you know? Because whatever they left for us, are we going to share it the exact same way? Or are we going to forget what they taught us? You know what I mean? So it's good to learn from a lot of different people. Everyone has their own style. Who they learn from different people, their own recipes, tricks of the tide. So once you do so, now you create your own and make it your hui, your own uh, orchestra or ensemble, what have you, you know? But it's up to us to continue what is left because there's not much left, you know? You're right. There isn't. Yeah, and I feel like it's, there's, uh, in the, I feel like in Fire Knife too, and I, I think Fire Knife Fantasian, I mean, this is my opinion. I thought, I don't think people really hear my opinion on like on Polynesian dancing as mm-hmm. a whole, just like the Fire Knife aspect. But I feel like Fire Knife and Tahitian dancing has always evolved. Oh, of course. Definitely. Always. And every day there's something like different. With mm-hmm. Yeah. There is like there there is always something different. Like uh, I was watching. I know a lot of not a lot of people uh, agree with this guy, but Mark Haley. No, that's my him. uncle. <laughs> you know, cousin. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. But, and I love what he says. There's a there's a video that he says there's so many songs, like in Hawaiian Kaiko that sound the same, and I love that he always tries to push mm-hmm. out of the box. You know. He always tries to make it innovative and new, and he's like, you know, like sometimes, you know, we have to pull, move forward and not mm-hmm. look back. You know, how, how do you feel about that when it comes to whether it be in any of these cultural dances that we're trying to pursue? Mm-hmm. Like, what is too much innovation, or or without losing? No, it, well, know? with my cousin Mark Kiliho Malu, of course, he to me he's the man, you know, for modern. Um, Kahiko or Awana. Um, of course, he took it out of the box, something new. And I'm not gonna grumble with if he did it right or why did he do it or was it wrong. 
um, there is criteria that needs to be followed, especially for Mary Monarch. Um, again, who are we to say that is original, the, the original Kahiko? Because we was never around that time, you know, in the 1800s or 70s, whatnot, to actually be them. This is how Kahiko is supposed to be, you know? I understand, like, he learned from Uncle Thaddeus and um, Daryl Lepanui, then they had their own style. And um, again, it's, it's, it's attractive, you know, it's catchy, it's wow when he comes out. He's, he's number one, you know, for modern. Um, it mm-hmm. goes with the same for poly dancing, diva afi, um, drumming. It's the same thing where, um, now, oro, like for drumming alone, for Oro Oro, that's the new thing within the last maybe 10 to 15 years. Everyone wanted to learn it. I guarantee everyone first heard Oro Oro, um, if they didn't know it by now, uh, was on YouTube in 2006 when um, Carlos was playing um, Takoto in one of his videos. That's when everyone wanted to learn the Oro Oro. Like, what is that? That's cool. You know, so that's the newest thing. That's on the table. Um, my input with Taito or ancient, I should say, and modern, we cannot stop modernization, no matter what we do. We cannot, we cannot grumble the fact, oh, no, this is the way we want it, period. Do not change it, you know? Like everything else, everything around us is changing. Everything around us is getting somewhat better, more fuel efficient and whatnot. But... It is up to that individual to not forget what it used to be, you know. Hopefully, yeah. I, I can guarantee you just for me, what it used to be, what I think it used to be, it's going to come back. Um, that's why I said you know, I'm going to bring mm-hmm. out something different the next uh, competition. Um, and believe it or not, that's what I think it is. And um, it's just a spoiler, whoever's listening. Um, yeah, that's the most <laughs> important part is that we can modernize as much to the stars as we want, you know? We can even do the Blue Man Crew kind of style, you know? But we cannot forget what it actually is and what it used to be. Because once you forget about that, you is nobody. You, you, in other words, you abandon the ship. That's what I call it. You abandon your ship, you abandon your Mm -hmm. crew, and you're just plastic. For all the entertainers around the world, you're plastic after a while. You know? It's like, uh, nah, I'd rather do this. You know? You don't want to turn your back on your history. Period. Yeah. Totally. I, and I totally mm-hmm. understand that. And I, I, love, I love this talk. I think this is one of my favorites because it's just we're really hitting on all mm-hmm. cylinders. And you know, and something I've always wanted to ask you too, like I know when people think of luau shows and, and things like that, because that's that's the of world course. I come from. Mm-hmm. You know, I I come from you know Disney World and Sea World and Tiatis and you know Chiefs and GCC. Mm-hmm. But what what were some of your favorite shows as a kid, like or <laughs> watching? And I wish I wish there was like videos of Tavana's show or like Mahala's show. One day when you come to Maui, I'll show you their videos. We have so much. Trust me. We have videos from the 60s. Yes, we have videos from the 60s, bro. (laughs) 
Yo, I really want to see that because I really, I always heard that Tavano's had the best show. Def- like, to, this mm-hmm, to this day, believe it or not. And it was, if we were to watch it right now, of course, we know what to expect. We know what they're doing. But you got to understand, that was back in the 60s and 70s. You know, it's like, what in the world? You know, so it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's a t- I think that's, that's something that I, like, I really want to see resurrected is like the importance of how big shows were or how extravagant. And like, they, it was, of course, it was like, we had to keep mm-hmm. culture in there. But I come from entertainment, like pure entertainment, because being, I think, I don't know if BJ ever told you, but like, being born in Florida, like we're just surrounded by people who just really love to entertain and make mm-hmm. people happy, mm-hmm. you know. And but that didn't take away from how great the yeah. numbers were, you know. Exactly. So yeah. So what were the yeah? What were the shows? Sorry, I'm just like keep. No, no, no problem. Believe it or not, and I'm gonna be very honest with you. There's not much shows I watched throughout my time, um, other than our shows here and there. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, I didn't even watch PCC yet. <laughs> no, really? not at all. There's really? not one luau I've seen in Oahu or in the mainland. Um, just here on Maui. Let's just say on Maui. I only watch Royal Lahaina Luau. Um, shoot, what else? The Marriott Luau. And that's it. I never watch Old Lahaina. Nothing. Even for Hava. I never been to San Jose Heva. Um, I've been to Honolulu, I think twice. Um, I've been to Kauai twice. Oh no, once. I'm sorry. Um, Big Islands one twice. Um, I went to California's tw- once under Marcus Amen's Heva, and that's mm-hmm. that's it. Because to, to me, you know, uh, uh, going off of subject, to me. It was not necessary for me to go and look, you know, because I'm not one to, I'm a biggest critic behind closed doors. But if I don't have a purpose Mm -hmm. to go or if there's nothing there for me to learn or to actually be, wow, I don't want to go. It's not interesting. It's not, uh, I I, I really don't know. You know, it's nothing new to me. Once you've seen one, you've Mm -hmm. seen it all, you know. And that's why when, mm-hmm. like a good example, when Brother VJ and had my grandma guys at my shop one day and they was watching old videos from the 70s. Believe it or not, VJ turned around. He's like, oh my God, is that Uncle Malala? Like, yeah, that's Malala. He had hair? Like, yes. And he has no tattoos? Yes. He was only, what, 31, 32 years old at that time? Or maybe late 20s? Oh, yeah. So just being around the old timers for so long after, you know, slowly they left, you know, and um, there's nothing new out there that is interesting enough for me. You know, that's why with competitions, like for the San Francisco, I just went just for the hell of it. Just put our name out there because a lot of my drummers never competed before. Don't know how it feels like, whether it was virtual or not. It's like, guys, just, just have fun. Be ready, you know, because there may be just this one time or there may be uh, many more after this. You know, just be humble. That's yeah. that's the word everyone needs to be. It's humble. 
you don't need to see every luau around the world, nor every competition. It's 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 for yourself. If you come out one time and one time only, you made your name known. Because we love to be underground. We mm-hmm. we love to. Okay, we're gonna plan for two years from now, but all of a sudden we come through that year and that's it. You know, just like Mark Kilioho Malu. Once he comes out, that's it. But whether you knew he won or not, you know he's coming. So we love that impact yeah. feeling. Oh, wow, Tauro knew he's coming. Wow, interesting, blah, blah, blah. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about leaving the impact. And like, I think that's why I admire Fire Knife too, is because there's Fire Knife dancers that go up there and like when they say Talofa or something, like, you just have to see them spin in order to you know, exactly. order feel something. But there's people, but there's people like Ifiso or <laughs> as soon as they step on stage, as soon as they step on stage, they don't even have exactly. to spin the thing. And you it's feel just their presence. Boom, like, oh my you God, know? that's him. Oh yeah. Even to today, I just yeah. seen Uncle Ifi, you know, spin his little paton. I think it was at Target or Walmart. I'm like, wow, Uncle, you still got it. That's when I took the picture. I'm like, Uncle, I gotta say, you still got it. He's like, no, boy, no, mm-hmm. Uncle, old. I'm like, I know you're old, but damn, I can't even do that. Yeah, for real. I still, like, he, he is the only person in this world three times in a row. Like, who else? Well, nobody oh, but- can do that anymore, you know? And like, and those are the people that I don't want their stories mm-hmm. to be forgotten. You know and he I mean? still still drives. Yeah. He still does his daily routine, gets his coffee. We see him all the time. Still the same. <laughs> is he still doing knife to this day or He's, is he retired? Um, honestly, last time we known he spun was maybe two, three years ago. I mean, maybe he was spin for birthday yeah. parties or small family gatherings or if a fine enough dancer can't make it, he'll probably come out mm-hmm. him and um uncle tulanga tevanga um oh, but Durango, of course yeah. uncle's sick you know and my teacher of the sivafi is his son martin tevanga hey yes hey, sir martin. um yeah so them two is rarely you see them spin with fire anymore mm-hmm. wow. oh also you know, I, I, you know, this is called the Fire Knife Life podcast, man. And have you ever? Oh yeah, of course you are. You're a Fire Knife dancer as well. Like, what do you feel about the world of Fire Knife? And, well, honestly, yeah. I yeah, so I learned from um, brother Martin Tevanga. You know, big props to him, and of course his father as well as Uncle Ifi and Mika Finotti, um, and Malala them. They taught my mom and so on and so forth. So I was blessed to have um, Martin for teach us me and my brother. Oh, all my siblings, actually. And we all spin once in a great moon. But um, the last time I spun for a show, I should say 2000 and, oh my gosh, 13, 14. And it's on YouTube. But again, that's when I first started, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, 2014 or 15, um, Martin ended up putting a group together. It was um, Tevanga Ailao Academy at that time. And we was all going to compete at the World Fire Knife Competition. Um, we, uh... And I believe there was nine of us at that time. And if we did go, 
this is just what I thought after I seen the competitions from the seniors to the juniors. I really thought my younger brother Makana would have took the championship for juniors, hands down. Um, maybe maybe not now, <laughs> but um, at that time he was holy camoly. Martin, who it, it was like. You put Martin and my younger brother put together is like the same person. It's like, wow, identical. Three knives up in the air. And he's a right-hander, but he's been left. And um, and he was 10 wow. years old, I think, 11. So pretty much what I can do now is what he could have done in 11 years old. He was awesome. And then probably he still got it, I think. Damn. But he's actually my ropu player now. Um my video in the oh, competition man. video he's the the drummer right next to me in the traditional segment on the autotoere mm -hmm. oh, um that. with the involvement of siva or the ailao um it's hard for me to 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 state my knowledge on that because again i'm not Samoan, you know i'm not i won't step on anybody's toes or cross a barrier to state all oh, I didn't like this or whatnot, because that's not my culture. But what what I can say mm -hmm. is that there's only so much you can do with a stick or with, with a, a bolo knife or what have you. But now what we thought we only could do back then, look at it now. There is so much being created. There's so much twists and turns. Um, um, whew, there's a lot. You know, you, you give me a knife now, there's no way I can spin five years ago, you know, or, or compete with mm -hmm. Brother VJ or Brother Mikaele or or pff, any any one of these guys anymore, or even yourself. It's like, wow, this is such a I'm blank, I'm clueless. Um, it's the same thing for drumming. It's I can give you a stick right now. Okay, let's let's play. You know, you're gonna either feel like unimportant. It's like, oh no, you're you're great, you're good. You know, I've seen you on YouTube or whatnot. Or you're going to actually step up to the plate and let's play. You know, so it, it's, I, I cannot, I cannot give too much knowledge on the Siva Afi. But there's only so much I know. Um, I only knew what Martin and Tulanga showed with me. And I think that's enough. But after watching all these world competitions, all these, um, um, YouTube videos of guys spinning and whatnot. It's like, wow. There's actually names for it. Other than um, Vili mm -hmm. or Kakai and, and stuff like that. It's like, oh my God. I am so behind. <laughs> you know? But once mm -hmm. it's... That's it. It's, Game I on. Mean, I love it. And I love that you have such an appreciation for knife because I feel like fire knife is still finding its footing mm -hmm. in the world you know when people when people want to take mm -hmm. Polynesian dance lessons I rarely hear somebody go hey where's mm -hmm. the fire knife class at you know what I mean like you never hear that but I feel like one day I really wanted to be spoken highly of just like you know Ori Taiti and, mm -hmm. and Hula Kaiko and stuff like that so I think we're making those strides so, man, I, I, I'm really blessed to have you on, Uso. And so this uh, this uh, app is about to ding us in like <laughs> six minutes. So I have one, la I have one last question for you. And it's okay. a question I ask everyone. 
And, you know, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind when all is said and done? And what is your future goals with Ta'aro Nui? And, yeah, what do you want to be known for? What is, you know, Polynesian culture is all about leaving a legacy. And what is the legacy In you all want honesty, to leave behind, bro? Whether I hold the Ta'aro Nui name, I, I'll forever hold that. Uh, whether I move on to a different group or, or a different name, what have you, it's just I will feel confident. I will feel um, completed if I knew I changed someone's life, if I made an impact. Um, whether I do it alone or with a troop, you know, I made sure my mission was complete. As a student, as a teacher, um, it doesn't matter if I want competitions or made master drummers in the future, what whatnot, you know. And that's why I started making drums now, you know, because I learned from great guys and masters in Tahiti, and I'm continuing my knowledge. You know, to me, if you're going to play drums, make sure you know how to make them, because if and when it does break, crack, or what, what have you, are you going to pay somebody for fix it, or are you just going to buy a new set, you know? So there's a lot of... There is so much I want to accomplish, which I know I won't. Through, I don't know when I will ihala or pass away one day. Um, but again, I want to make sure I leave everything I have, everything I'm known for or learn to my kids. My kids will be the next to take over, whether they do or not, because it is expected from me that, again, we are the last one standing. We are the next to take the reins and control the horse. You know, and who are we to say it's going to evolve maybe tomorrow or next year or a million years from now? You know, maybe one day we won't have culture, period. But the time now is we need to continue the art. We need to continue tradition, heritage and culture. You know, whether we do it the right way or mm -hmm. our own way, we just got to make sure it, it keeps going. Because this pandemic really will impact us, whether we know it or not. And there's only some that continues it. But again, we're still going. Whether we're doing Siva Afi or anything, we're still going with no questions asked. And again, if whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, reach out. It's always good to reach out. Um, always ask questions. There's only so much a teacher would share with you. Like for me, I would only teach you 50%. The other 50 is for you to learn, to actually do it yourself. You know, so reach out, can reach me or Rex or anybody around the world if you guys want to learn anything, whether it's terminology, whether it's language, drumming, anything. Do not be afraid to reach out. There's always someone there for help. Now is the time to move. Move the pawn. You might win the chess game. You know? Mm hmm you're right I love that brother and I just want to say thank you for coming on and thank you for sharing your, your mana'o with us and with all of your with all of your knowledge I feel like so many people will be inspired I was inspired by this and I just want to say thank you again Uso, for for taking your time and where can, where can oh, our audience find Facebook, you well my slave name or American name is Sunny S-O-N-N-Y um, they, my name Mana goes to the entertainment realm. Um, you can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, um, TikTok. I'm not much of a technology person, so bear with me. But um, 
I started my Zoom classes every Saturday. Um, so check me out. Um, I'll start posting some YouTube videos of, of course, Siva Afi. I'll do some drumming, making drums and what have you. And it all starts now, you know. So reach out, guys. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> Got you. So, yeah, everybody, shout out to our Usa over here and shout out to everything that he does. Follow his journey, mm-hmm. you know. So, thank of you course, again, anytime, brother, my man. On. Call me up anytime. Well, guys, this has been an amazing episode of the Fire Knife Life podcast. You can follow me at uh, Rexy Two Mother on Instagram, also uh, the Mana Collective underscore on Instagram, and follow us for more awesome details and content coming up about our new movie coming out, Inner Battle, that will be out at the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. We'll hope to see you guys soon. Lava. Here we go. Yes, right, sir. Air, oh, that was cool. <laughs> that was mean. So I'm going to, yeah, so I'm going to, what is it called? I'm going <laughs> to put this in the editor because uh, we're, we're going to start putting it. So next week, I'll have it up, but I was gonna see. What are you doing? Um, what are you doing this Friday? Friday. Are you what available is Friday? This coming Friday? Yeah, this coming Friday, because then we do L, uh, mm-hmm. live IG episodes. Oh, Fire Night Fridays! I would love to have you on as the next uh, Friday, uh, Fire Night Friday. Uh, yeah, of course. Guest. Is that New Year's so Day? January first, yeah. Yeah, yeah, New Year's Day. If we can do that. Yeah, maybe a little Up earlier. To you. Then, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be here in Cali. So, what are you doing in Cali? Get it, man. So, oh man, my <laughs> girl lives here. We're doing this huge gig. You know what I'm saying? We're doing this uh gig mm-hmm. that's like a month long. So we're heading over here, trying to make the transition over here. But I'm moving to Hawaii for yeah. For the when is that? So, yeah. Uh, the movie we shoot in August, but I was going to ask you something, and that's something that I've been talking with my collaborators on, is that we want to start a Polynesian performance. Oh, that would be awesome, Maui. bro. And, uh, and I was going to see if I could uh, collaborate with you on that, and you and Hanson and Beach, because like, of course, I'm like a group, but like, I really want to make a performing arts center in Maui and Kauai, because I feel like those are the places that Polynesian dancing mm-hmm. is not really that prevalent. Like I know in Oahu it is, and I know Big Island mm-hmm. is finally catching up. But I love for Maui and Kauai to have that in, like not just Polynesian dancing with acting and writing and all of that. Oh yeah, that's something that we're all pursuing. And I wanted to see if I could exchange ideas with you, see what places, because I would I would handle the rent and mm-hmm. stuff for the for the building. It's just I have a vision for it, and I want to run it by you and. Uh, I wanted to run by VJ, but VJ is <laughs> like the president. You know what I mean? Like, right? Get a hold of that point. Full heart. Matter of fact, <laughs> about that. Nobody it, it, even if you want it, um, put it this way. I got connections with the greatest, to be honest, the best videographer um, uh, pretty much in the world. His name is Uncle John Villoria. He, he's been part of the Lord of the Rings movie. He, he does all these special effects, all that stuff. He'd been through the red carpet for many years, since the 70s. Um, uh, trust me you need help mm-hmm. you call me 
any any anything in connection with entertainment or um special effects or whatnot. No worry, I got you on that. <laughs> got you. So and yeah, I really want to collaborate with you and them on the school on mm-hmm. the on the performing arts center and even making those those content because I really want to help the Polynesian dance community because you know you guys have the Tahitian game on lock where I really want to teach. You know, Samoan dancing, Tongan dancing, PGA, and like all of those yeah, other islands correct. that get neglected. And kind of, and so, yeah, man, I would love to collaborate with you all over there while I'm moving there for two or three months for the movie and see yeah, what I can Yeah, because you're moving to you guys, Big Island, yeah? You know? Moving to Big Island, yeah, but I would love to oh, of course. fly back and forth from Big Island to Maui. Right there. Did you ever been to Maui? Yeah. Yeah, I've been oh. I, I've I've been to Maui. I've only <laughs> been there like twice. Yeah, I've been there twice. Nice. I went there once to see my brother, and yeah. So is this? Oh, I hope so. I love Maui. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I love Maui. It's just, man, I really want to drum with you, man. Like, I feel like me, I w- I really want to drum with you. Oh, me, Nui is Nui. good. Like, that's just jam. Nui's mean, man. Like, Nui was my, like, drumming mentor when oh, I used no to work kidding. at PCC. Yeah, so when I was at PCC, I mm-hmm. worked in the Tahitian in the Tongan village, and Nui was the one that actually taught me what parts was, because Florida is kind of like that. Like, we only know Luau's style of drumming, but he actually was like, okay, this Tabi, this is funny, this is a photo, this is all this, and I was like, oh, shoot, this, like, yeah. As a matter of fact, brain. talking about Florida, I've been helping, um, I'm not too sure if you know who's Jeff, Jeff and um, yeah, him and this yeah. other. I think he's Samoy. I think so. Uh Ursua, no, Jeff. Hmm. He's bolo head. I'm not too sure, but I've been helping him and his drumming group a little bit. They're getting it slowly. Um. Oh, Jeff. yeah, Reyes. Yeah, there no, you go. Jeff Reyes? He calls me every day, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like. Huh? Okay, what you like learn now? Can you help me with this? Like, okay, I can do that. But even with like Nui, Nui is a good drummer. No, get me wrong, you know. And um, when I first met him, him, Hanson, Osimi, and um, your your brother was at a competition here in Lahaina, and um, Nui put me on the side. Like, excuse me, are you Mana? Like, yeah, why? Oh my God, you're like, you're like holy to me. I was like, what are you talking about? Wait, who are you? Oh, my name is Nui. I was like, oh, nice to meet you, my brother. <laughs> and then, of course, we got close. I played with him a few times. And till today, he's like, oh, my God, Mana, you're bad. Holy crap. I'm like, what do you mean? Just play. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so that's the thing. Well, I don't know I did. if you heard me drum. But I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I have like a, a sort of a clean hand. It's just that I don't whip it. I just have my own little thing, but I don't whip it. I just try to sound clean, but I really want to learn how to whip because mm-hmm. everybody here in Cali. Oh, I bet. I bet. But is, if you play exactly like VJ, you know, straight hits, if you're playing just like him, what I tell him to do is you need to relax. Mm-hmm. It, you need to release your shoulder. Yeah. That Your shoulder is so important. If you don't release your shoulder, you would not get that whip action, that scooping. You will not get it. Everybody thinks it's your wrist. It's not. It's from your shoulder to your elbow mm-hmm. down to your fingers. It all comes like a piston in the 
in the wow. motor. You know, if the piston hits up, the mm-hmm. uh, the rotor on the bottom is pushing down. You know, so it's it's all terminology kind of deal. So you have to release. It's it's gonna come. Trust me. Look at your brother now when he plays. Big difference, bro. <laughs> you like what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, when mm-hmm. me and Khan hit in Florida, when me and Khan hit in Florida, like he plays. He's the whipper, but he we mostly play like he'll play Tabao and then I'll play Tahabe or he'll go straight lead and he'll mm-hmm. ask me to putty and that's all I know. But I really want to learn. But I, like I say, man, it's, I'm like it's a okay. closeted. Just, just closeted like VJ, it's the same thing. I blew his mind. He's like, Mana, what in the hell? Like, come sit down. We, 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 we'll talk. I'll try to explain the easiest for you. Because we always like that. I never knew the whip. I never knew what the hell that was, you know? So at the end of the day, it's simple. Mm-hmm. It's it's right in front of your face to believe it or not. But it's just so used to to yeah. um to so much that you won't allow yourself to get that. And you gotta understand you're not gonna be like anybody else. You might hit different, you might hit downwards, you know. And I explain that to everybody. Not everybody gonna get that scooping. You know, like, like Tiana, she plays straight on, mm-hmm. you know, and she can go as fast as can be. Exactly. But you yeah, tell her for scoop, she on. cannot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way I'm, plus she's Samoan, you yeah. know, we're used to hitting down, you know, and I do understand that. So to get that yeah. whip, it might be hard because mm-hmm. that's not how we was taught. Mm-hmm. So do not down Very yourself true. like, oh, I want to get that Very whip. True. I want to open my hits, like what everybody says, or that click. Because it might not be for you. It, it might be a little bit different, but still sound the same. The main thing is it sounds the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about how you look. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's looking at our mm-hmm. hands. They're just listening to what it mm-hmm. sounds like. I love that. But yeah, so I'm going to put this in the editing bay. But yeah, if you, if Friday's available, then let's let's get it on the Friday night. You got it. And- Let's do it. So, Any, yeah, of course, definitely. I'm sorry it took so long. <laughs> no, no, this is what I like. I, there was one podcast that I won't say the name, but you'll probably look that it was like the shortest one we've ever did. But it's just because like it was just hard to get mm-hmm. good answers and like it wasn't like mm-hmm. flowing like what we were doing. So I was just trying to like, yeah, <laughs> so I cut it short. But you, like, I just, I just let you jam it and just, yeah, just these nuggets I, of knowledge. There is so, so much, yeah, bro. Thank you. So, so, yeah. So if we do the, yeah. So if we do the thing on Friday, then I will release okay. your episode on Wednesday. Just to, so Friday is mm-hmm. just kind of like the commercial of the podcast. Like, oh yeah, man. Like mm-hmm. we won't get into everything here. Maybe we'll we'll have a Tahitian drum lesson. Like I have my sticks. Oh, out. of course. You can have your sticks out. You, you got it. Whatever questions you yeah. have for just for you yeah. or whoever, let me know. I'm willing to help. Bro. Definitely, because there's so much out there. Trust me, you're not the only gotcha. ones who wants to drum with me. And it's like, guys, we're on different islands, you know. But you know what, you know what is so funny is those yeah. who, who um, how can I say, it? who wants to drum with either you or me, why only now? Only, only now people recognize. You know what I mean? Trust me, we've been underground for a yeah, long time. 
Mm-hmm. And it's coming. Trust me, it's out. coming. You'll be surprised for the drumming piece we just finished yeah, for the yeah. next Haver. You'll be like, what the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> Dude, if you need a oh, tin can watch player, this. DJ player, was playing tin can, bro. <laughs> oh, you know oh, that. Oh, and oh, like, Veach, you play this, okay? Ready? Pipes, here we go. Oh, yeah. wow, we brought it out. Because actually, in all honesty, I wanted to compete in the San Jose. That's one of my biggest accomplishments. But because there is no San Jose, I'm like, oh, man. So we're actually planning to compete in Tahiti yeah. 2022. Oh. oh, you know that. Yo, let's see Definitely. It. Let's do it. <laughs> well, here we go. Man, so love you, brother. I'm a jam. I'm gonna jam real quick, but it was, uh, let's talk to you. You got let's, it. Let's make definitely. You too, man. Merry uh, Christmas and Happy New Year, yeah. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys liked this episode with me and Mana. I hope you guys enjoyed all the nuggets that were in there. Hopefully, you know, you've got some knowledge or some, you know, some wisdom to take home with you after listening to this podcast. So, next week. We have a surprise guest. Actually, these past couple weeks is going to be really heavy on Polynesian dancers and also non-Polynesian dancers that have made their way through making Polynesian and Pacific Islander stories come back to life. So, please keep staying tuned to Fire Knife, Fire Knife Life Podcast, Fire Knife Fridays, all of those awesome things. Also, some more new announcements coming up. But, until then, we like to say aloha.